Hello, everybody. Um, this is Paul Crawford, your host today for the How to Scale a Business podcast. I'm on with Blaine Bartlett, the CEO of Avatar Resources. Thank you so much, Blaine, for being in the show. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well, Paul. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. Thank you so much also for your time on this. And yeah, now um, let's just straight to this, um, Lane. Can you tell us about the history and background of your business for Avatar Resources? Yeah, uh, just real brief, kind of the cliff note on this. I founded the company in uh, 87. So we've been around for a while. Um, and you know, over the course of the history of the company, you know, we've uh, had offices in four different countries. Uh, so consequence of some of the stuff that went on with COVID, we've shrunk that a bit. Um, but the the focus on the company has always been you know, around leadership, leadership development as a consultancy. Um, mm-hmm. The idea with the clients that we work with is how do they implement a strategic initiative or a strategic objective? And that question directly involves the leadership in the organization. So that's the work that we do is, uh, yeah, you know, large enterprise organizations um, making sure that what they think they'd like to have is something that they can actually achieve. And that, again, comes back to the leadership question, not the management question, but the leadership question. Awesome. Awesome. And as what you said, 87, 1987, if I'm not really good at math, it's 36 years, right? Yeah, 36 years. Yeah. 36 years, just wow. Um, and now, um, Blaine, can you walk us through about your overall business strategy for Abadar? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Paul, that has been an evolution. Um, it started off uh, when I first founded the business. Uh, off of some contacts that I had. I came out of a consultancy and I had a lot of uh, contacts at that point. And we just, you know, leveraged some of those and, and just you know, basically launched from there. I yeah. built the company primarily off of a referral based uh, process. Um, you know, like you said, we've been in business now for 36 years. It's only really, I think in about the last, well, since COVID about the last yeah, roughly four years, three to four years, where we've had to really consider doing any kind of actual uh, marketing. And then, you know, what is what that has looked like has obviously morphed over the uh, the last couple of years. But primarily, we built, you know, the entire organization off of referrals. Um, my, you know, oldest client has been with me for 30, oh, goodness gracious, 34 years now <laughs> out of that 36 years. Wow. Uh, average tenure of our client base is around uh, at least a decade. Yeah. So, you know, we don't build in uh, dependency. What we built in is uh, an appreciation for the results that are produced, and that generates referrals. Awesome. Happy to hear that one. And to add this another question, um, Blaine, you know, 36 years, man, come on. How do you guys um, adapted to changes in our industry, in your industry over the years? Yeah, that big adaptation has to do in large part with differing expectations that have come in from the uh, the workforce. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go back 36 years, you know, people looked at work in the work process from a different perspective. They looked at employment 
from a different or through a different lens uh, today, uh, particularly after uh, COVID. You know, we have in some cases hybrid workplaces. In some places, we've got uh, yeah, completely remote. Uh, there, I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics. And then with the you know the the last two generations that have come in uh, demographically, the expectation of what I am working for has changed. Yeah. Um, and that you know, what am I working for is really something that leaders need to pay attention to because, yeah. It, it, it's imbued with meaning. People do things that are meaningful to them. And if that meaning dynamic is changing and I'm not in front of that curve, I'm going to be left behind and I will become a second tier employer, which is not going to be a good place to be. I want to be in a position to be an employer of choice. If in fact, I'm looking to have employees work with me. How do I become an employer of choice? I have to pay attention to what's meaningful to my employee base. Right. All right, then. And now I know you mentioned this word COVID like multiple times already. Now, I wanted to jump in this question, um, Blaine. 2020 is different. We all know that. So now, um, can you talk about um, challenges or obstacles that you face in your business and how you overcome them, especially speaking of COVID 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I boy, can I speak to that one? Uh, in... Uh... January of 2020, I had just completed a project in Australia, and I was on site in Australia. I flew home. Uh, February, things started to kind of look yeah, really yeah. funky. March, yeah. the entire world shut down. And it wasn't just shut down for a month or two months. Um, the consequence Steve. of that was interesting. Um, you know, our business was built off of referrals and most of those referrals led us overseas. So probably 80, you know, actually more than that, 92% roughly of our book of business, our revenue uh, came from work that we did internationally that literally disappeared overnight. I mean, literally disappeared overnight. Um, and you know, I'm kind of looking around with my staff going, well, you know, that sucks. <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Um, so we had to get pretty creative. Um, and when you look at a black swan moment, which, you know, COVID certainly was a black swan moment. Um, yeah. you know, you can go a couple of different directions with that. And yeah, I'm a student of stoic philosophy and I've studied stoicism for years, uh, as, uh, as parcel I do with the leaders that I work with. And one of the things that Marcus Aurelius, you know, he wrote meditations. He was a, you know, an emperor in, in ancient Rome. Uh, and what was interesting here in the correlation, Marcus Aurelius in, the, in, in his term as the emperor of Rome, and he was one of the, you know, the four good uh, emperors of Rome, yes. he faced a global pandemic. For 15 years of his 16-year reign, he was dealing with a global pandemic that literally killed millions of people. And, you know, you go back and this is, you know, you know, right around 400 AD. I mean, this was really, yeah. really early uh, in our contemporary history. One of the things that he wrote and he kept a journal uh, and it was called meditations. He kept it for himself, but it ended up being published. It wasn't intended for publication. That's not why he wrote it. This was just his way of keeping himself grounded and focused. 
he identified obstacles and he certainly he had wars that he was dealing with he had uh, an empire that was growing you know going broke he ended up selling a lot of things of his personal wealth to sustain the yeah you know, the uh, the empire uh he yeah. wrote that obstacles obstacles uh are not obstacles in the way that most people would consider them as stops you know, as barriers as blockages the you know literally what he wrote was the obstacle is the way and what he meant by that is any obstacle that you're encountering actually signals a way to get to the promised land whatever new new objective or goal or uh, ideal that you have out there the obstacle would not appear unless you were on the path to that you know that new future the obstacle would not appear unless you're on the path if you're not on the path, sure. you're not going to run into the obstacle. So for us, you know, the obstacle of COVID uh, you know, basically created all kinds of opportunities for us to reinvent how we went to market, uh, how we packaged our services, uh, how we priced our services, uh, how we engaged our people. I mean, all of these things were actually really generative in the way that we ended up producing what we have today. We're in better shape today than we were yeah, in 2020. We're more flexible. We're more agile. We've got a different product mix. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of different things have come into play as a consequence. And it really is as a consequence, not so much of COVID, but of the obstacles that we you know, encountered and how we dealt with those obstacles. I mean, I, I take my, I'm just so proud of, of the way that we stepped into and stepped up to deal with these things. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. The, the initial piece was, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, this sucks. Uh, and, and there was an and. So, okay, and do we still believe in, in what we say is important? Do we still believe in, you know, in, in our world, in the world of my organization, compassionate capitalism? How do we go to market? with compassion being the lead in what we do. And yeah, that opened up, like I said, just all kinds of opportunities that we really weren't in a position to explore because we were so consumed with doing business as usual. That's correct, Blaine. I know um, COVID will also, I know this um, global pandemic that happened actually gives some other people or businesses some time to think, you know, um, how to you know, gain more clients or something, how to build the company despite this um, obstacle that's been, you know, um, going on for the year 2020. And I know um, you guys already had a chance also to, you know, improve because of the pandemic. And I wanted to connect that one to this, another question, um, Blaine. So can you I know you guys are, you already mentioned about referrals, but do you have any, can you share any specific like tactics or tools that you guys have been particularly effective in growing your business, especially for well, you know, our yeah, COVID in, thing? In the last couple of years, uh, we, yeah, we have recognized the limitation of referrals. Uh, and there is a limitation there. Uh, it is very you know, much relationship based. And yeah, again, you know, being in business for 36 years, some of those original referrals have started to age out. <laughs> They've <Yeah>. retired. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And yeah, yes, they took us, you know, when they moved from one place to another, they typically would take us to that new organization. Um, but in that being said, 
you know, where we're at right now is recognizing that marketing really, I mean, uh, Grant Cardone talks about this, uh, marketing, 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 marketing. Yeah. If you're not doing marketing, you know, you, you, you forget about it. I never paid attention to that because we were actually successful in doing the referral game. But the marketing piece right now is really top of mind for me and for the organization. So what does that look like in today's world? Well, it's not traditional print marketing or any of the other things that I grew up thinking about marketing as being. It really is about social media. Yeah. How do we get our presence right. out there? How do we get recognized? How do we, yeah, coming with that is relevance. Yeah. Yeah. How do we stay relevant? Yeah. How do we become relevant, particularly demographically as things have changed? Um you know, all of that sort of stuff. So we're looking very actively and have been pursuing very actively different social media uh, ways. Yeah, actually not social media, different ways to work with social media uh, and tailoring it specifically to what we can bring to the market, tailoring the messaging, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and each of these different channels is a little bit different, uh, but it doesn't mean we can't use some of the same content. So we're just looking at how does stuff get repurposed? How do we yeah, get out there. I mean, all of that sort of stuff, which is something that we never did. It's something that I never paid attention to. And, and, and quite honestly, Paul, it's been exciting. Really? I have, I love to learn. So it's been, you know, I don't have to know all you know, what's behind the curtain, but I do. I love learning how this stuff works. Yeah. Kind of what's the value in this uh, in a way that I didn't appreciate before. So those are some of the things and, and, and the idea of just being willing, and this is another piece around this, just in terms of staying viable, um, you know, scaling the business. The you know, money is energy, and any money that sits in a yes. bank account is useless. Uh, it's got to get spent. What's it get spent on? Well, yeah, and I'm going to take the word spend and change it a little bit. What does it get invested in? It gets invested in marketing because marketing will generate a return. I don't care what the marketing is, there will always be some return on that investment if I'm paying attention. So we've changed the way that we look at our bank accounts as as an example. I mean just kind of how do we how do we position uh, that resource so that it is most effectively used. So yes, things like that are, are what we're looking at. Awesome, awesome. Glad to hear that one Blaine. And for my another set of question here, would you mind sharing or can you speak to any like metrics or KPIs you guys use to measure like the success of your business? Uh, well, one of them has historically been, and it continues to be um, longevity, you know, retention. You know, do we retain the clients with whom we're working? And that one, you know, I mean, if, if there is a metric that I pay attention to as a CEO of this firm, it is that metric. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's one and done, we're probably not serving the client well. Um, but if there's a re-engagement, if there's something else that can be moved, if there's, I mean, and it's not, yeah, can we, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's not about selling them up. It's about you know, creating the sense of value. Uh, so we right. look at the testimonials, um, but the testimonials come after the, you know, the experience of longevity. So it, it costs far more to, get a new client than it does to keep an existing client. So we pay a lot of attention to this question of uh, you know, retention. And, and it's different. Uh, there, I mean, there's two metrics that oftentimes are used in, uh, in businesses, particularly service businesses, customer satisfaction and customer loyalty. 
Satisfaction is a transactional based metric where they satisfied mm -hmm. with his transaction. Loyalty is a relationship metric. Is there a relationship in place here that we can actually, you know, that can actually sustain uh, a stub of the toe in a transaction? You know, if, if, a, you know, if a transaction didn't work out, if we've got the relationship, we can always mend that fence. So, you know, the, the, uh, the measure of that is, do they stick with us? You know, have they been with us? So that hasn't really changed. You know, how we're measuring that has changed a little bit, but you know, it really is still you know, the holy grail for, for what we do. I see. All right, then. And now, um, Blaine, thank you so much for that. I wanted to ask you this, um, you know, for being with this industry for the past, you know, 36 years, staying up to date with the latest trends and development in your industry, how you guys do it. <laughs> uh, you mentioned social media, right? Yeah, social media. I mean, you know, we, we consume a lot. We consume a lot, but we also invest in our, you know, in ourselves. Uh, we invest in learning. So if, yeah, learning. if somebody's got a, a, a program or something that they've heard about, Go yeah, go check it out. You know, we'll you know, we'll pay for you to go check it out. Bring it back. Yeah, you know, just bring it back into the organization if you think it's worthwhile. If it's not worthwhile, that's fine too. Yeah. You know? But we want to be able to check it out. We don't, you know, I make no bones about being a learner in this space. And uh yeah, you know, learning is about experimentation. So right, of course. Yeah, and, and I'm very curious. I mean, when something new appears on the horizon, uh, yeah, you know, Chat GPT is a great example of that. You know, let's <laughs> kind of play with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard we could use it to generate uh, emails yeah. or generate copy. Yeah, let's play with that. See what happens. I mean, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then and we'll kind of create a little skunk works area where we go experiment with a little bit. You know, do some A/B testing and. Uh, just kind of uh, see what's what's up. You know, right now we're beginning to explore the uh, the delivery of you know some of our content through the use of holographic images. Yeah, you know, which kind of you know takes uh, <laughs> it takes us a little bit beyond Zoom. Uh, so you know, there's and, and there's technologies that are you know, bleeding edge literally right now in that area. But that's a space that I'd love to pursue. I'd, I'm very curious about how that can work out. Yeah, learning, even though where you at right now is still really important, you know, time to time, there's like time to time, like um, every month or there is such be a, like a new um, trending things for businesses that can improve them or something like that. So, yeah, we need to learn things out, especially nowadays. And now um, before I, this two sets of question, um, Lane, you wanted to talk about the, you have a book or something, right? You wanted to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. yeah I've had, I've, excuse me. I've actually got five books, but the one that I wanted to address very specifically was the one over my right shoulder here for those of you that are watching. It's called Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. And that you know, basically is the foundation of all the work we do. Now, wow. business is the most pervasive force on the planet today. It, I mean, they're... Honestly, Paul, there is nothing in this world that is not touched by the activity of business. Nothing. Right. And business leaders that appreciate the fact that everything is connected, that we touch anything. We don't just touch our, our, our employees. We don't just touch our customers. There's six, seven, eight, and nine ripple effect uh, rings out here that are mm -hmm. set in motion as soon as we make a decision. 
And that's what we want to pay attention to is what's that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth iteration move that is yeah, made uh, that has resulted out of a decision we're making. Now, that seems a little abstract. Um, yeah, John Mackey, uh, who's the co-founder of Whole Foods, uh, wrote a book with uh, yeah. Raj Asodia uh, called Conscious Capitalism. And both of those folks are, I mean, both of these guys I know pretty well. They're, they're good friends. Um, I was in a conversation with both of them separately about what was missing for me in that book, Conscious Capitalism. What was missing was any addressing of the behavior that's associated with consciousness. Consciousness is about awareness of I've got greater stakeholders, you know, greater numbers of stakeholders than what's traditionally looked at. Compassion is the behavioral analog of that awareness. It's the behavior that's associated with realizing that I'm connected to you, that I'm connected to the environment in which we operate, that I'm connected literally to everything. So that recognition of connection begins to show up as a compassionate behavior. I, I, I take care of those things that I think I'm connected to. And when we start paying attention in that way, business starts to transform the way it conducts itself. And the rationale behind that is a business rationale. It's more profitable to do it that way. And that's that speaks very directly to the current generation of folks that are looking at uh, getting behind organizations that have the same values that they do, that are doing good. You know, we've crafted, um, you know, what, what I call the uh, the business leaders Hippocratic Oath. You know, doctors will take a Hippocratic Oath, the gist of which is first do no harm. Business leaders and businesses that are practicing compassionate uh, capitalism will first do no harm. Now, that doesn't take harm off the table completely, but it requires thinking ahead beyond just the quarterly result. And that's what we're really espousing. And that's what we're really champions uh, about is <laughs> how do you do that? How do you do that with elegance while you take care of the business? You got to make Absolutely. money. Absolutely. Compassion, capitalism, right? Awesome. Thank you so much for that one, Blaine, and sharing that book with us. And now um, a question here. I know you mentioned some things or some words here. Can you guys or can you actually just discuss like partnership, collaborations you form to help, you know, grow your business over 36 yeah. years? I know you had this um, client, I guess, that with you for 34 years. 34 years <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese. It's a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, yeah, my Japanese is not very, you know, not very good, but we've managed to work together for 34 years. Um, collaboration, partnership, you know, those sorts of things here. Um, the work I do, the work that our firm does is organized around leadership. Yeah. And the way that I've come to define leadership over these 36 years uh, is it's the activity of influencing others in order to co-create coordinated movement in the pursuit of a worthy ideal. Now, that seems like a mouthful, but essentially what it does, yeah, influencing others takes command and control, yeah, which is how most people think of leaders. Command, yeah, I'm the boss, just, I tell you what to do. No, nah, forget about that. Influencing, influencing is a relational dynamic. Co-creation, this is where meaning comes into play. And this is, you know, when you start looking at collaboration and partnership, 
Yeah, I, I partner with people that have essentially made up the same meaning about what it is that we're doing. It's relevant to them. It's relevant to me. Coordinated movement. When we start moving into unknown territory, we're going to step on each other's toes. I guarantee it. Yes. So how do we do that dance and how do we uh, mitigate you know, the hurt feelings and, and, and all of the other stuff that kind of comes into play with that? There's a communication piece in there, but it's predicated on strong partnering. And then the worthy ideal, for the sake of what are we even in business together? For the sake of what have we said we wanted to do something together? Yeah, that that for the sake of what becomes absolutely crucial. And it's different than vision. And it's different than a goal. It's different than a product sale. It's a worthy ideal that makes a difference. So those four pieces are what we focus on. And it's you know, aligned very strongly with compassionate capitalism, but it, it requires collaboration. It requires partnership. It requires communication. It requires leadership. All of these things come into play. Awesome. Thank you so much for that one, Blaine. And now I guess this is the best or like what I like question, the question that I like actually in short. Now, I wanted we wanted all to hear an advice from you about the other you know other businesses owners looking to succeed in your industry you know i know you've been in this industry for 36 running 37 years now so any advice that you can share with them <laughs> probably the greatest lesson i've learned paul this is the one that served me the best um most and i say most and the, the uh People get into business for a whole lot of different reasons. Yeah, you know, one of which is to make money, uh, support my family, you know, that sort of thing. And the 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 process that that you know, involves usually is you know around let's accumulate wealth. Yeah, you know, let's mm -hmm. accumulate. Yeah, you know, we want to see our bank account grow. We want to see the <laughs> PNL. You know, all that stuff. So right. accumulation becomes a large focus, you know, accumulate market share, accumulate, you know, <laughs> increasing sales. Nature doesn't work that way. Nature, right. you will find nothing in nature that is a center of accumulation. Everything in nature, and this is why nature is consistently reconstituting itself. It's consistently growing. Everything in nature in some way serves as a center of distribution. Now, what's magical about this notion of centers of distribution is it's predicated on an understanding that it's an abundant universe. It's not a wow. scarce universe. People that are focused on accumulation will tend to work from a position of scarcity you know, there's only so much money, there's only so many customers, there's only so much, you know, market share, you know, forget about that. If you focus on being a center of distribution, your mindset will be organized around abundance. And you know, practically, you know, we give away a lot of stuff. We give away a lot of ideas. We give away a lot. I mean, yeah, I do, you know, my podcast, I'm, I'm talking to people all the time about stuff on my websites. We give away resources. Yeah, here's yeah, here's a checklist. You know, do something with it. Check. Yeah, you know, here's a profile that you can use on your company just to see how ready it is for change. We don't charge for any of that stuff. And if you go yeah. with us, great. If you don't go with us, that's fine too. But at least you've got something that you can work with. 
So we, we consider ourselves to be a center of distribution. And that has worked magically for us over time. In the middle of COVID, what can we give away? We've got IP that isn't accessible, uh, you know, that could be made accessible for folks that yeah, yeah, couldn't bring us in any longer. How can we give it away so that they can actually leverage it? Because they're in the same ship, yeah, the same shape that we are. You know, they're looking for how do they win. So centers of distribution, um, as you know, that's you know, anything. If I've learned anything in business over the last thirty six years, it's been that be a center of distribution, not a center of accumulation. Awesome center. Thank you so much for that one, Blaine. I really appreciate your answer for this. And now um, I wanted you to, you know, um, share something. If anybody wanted to connect or anyone thinking about working with Avatar and partnering with you guys or, you know, interested about your um, the book, The um, Compassion Capitalism, where's the place they can go or what's the best way to do that one. Yeah. Uh, they can get the book at um, you know, Amazon. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. Um, but the website, avatar-resources.com. Uh, we talk, you know, there's a lot of resources on there about uh, Compassionate Capitalism. Uh, my personal website, mm. which is linked back into the uh, the company website, is blainebartlett.com. And there's, you know, kind of specialty work there from a leadership perspective. It's a much deeper dive into the leadership work that I personally do for my executive coaching, uh, as well as uh, some of the other uh, things that I actually, you know, care about. So you can, you know, get more there. There's more resources there as well. So either one of those will work well. My podcast, you know, Soul yeah, of Business, that's, you know, that's on every week. And, that's uh, it. Available yeah. in all of, all of the regular places. Um, you mean every week for your podcast, like you're uploading it like every um twice a week, every or something? Monday, every yeah, Monday, every Monday. Awesome. Yeah, we put that up. Uh, my YouTube channel, uh, it's available on the YouTube channel as well as all of the uh, you know Spotify, Apple T, uh, Apple, yeah. And your Google YouTube channel Google. is um, what's your YouTube channel? Maybe I can check that uh, one out. YouTube channel is uh, Blaine Bartlett. Yeah, actually, I think it's Blaine Bartlett one. Yeah, the number one, Blaine Bartlett one. YouTube Blaine Bartlett one. Awesome. Thank you so much for everything, um, Blaine. And now, everybody, another pour of liquid gold that we acquired today from our guests. It's really our pleasure having you on the show, Mr. Blaine Bartlett. Thank you. And guys, if you made this far, thank you so much for sticking with us. If you got any value from today's episode, um, we would love to get a rating or review on where you get the podcast. And if there's a meets of growing their business or thinking about starting a business, send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today and go out, implement it, execute, and let us know how it goes. And we want to hear about your wins. And above all, thanks for being with us today, Blaine. We appreciate it. And a lot of see you on the next one. Cheers. Thank